Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Everybody, this is your dream coach, Barry Miracle, and I'm welcoming you back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. This is episode six, and it's on the revelation, the building blocks for your kingdom divinely designed dream. But this is part four called The Greatest Revelation. And this is what I'm talking about. Prophetically speaking, God shows up to me on January 3rd, 2016 at 5.15 a.m. and begins to speak to me directly and begins to reveal something that I'm still unpacking to this very moment. So I hope you're enjoying these these episodes and, and these podcasts. Um, I'm pouring my life into them. I'm believing that people are being um, really released into everything that God has called them to be, and I'm hearing good feedback about it. But So I just want to say this. If this is helping you and you want to help somebody else have hope in the future, would you please you know, download these episodes and please share them so that we can get uh, even a bigger impact upon the world. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I sure appreciate being able to come before you guys every week and encourage you. So here we are. We're on episode number six and then the fourth part of the Revelation series that I've been on. I've been trying to, I thought I could do it one, two, maybe three, but now it's four um, parts later, and we may even hit a fifth, but I am, I think I might be able to do it today. So I'm going to cut back on the, the recap so much, but before we get into, which really is the greatest revelation that I've ever received from the father personally, uh, I just want to recap episode number five, which was part three, uh, called the spirit of revelation. So we're building every week, episode upon episode, a capacity, an environment, and a framework that will create accessibility to lay hold of everything that God has for you and prepared for you so that you could fulfill your purpose while you're here on this planet. So I, I, I kind of started off a little bit about um, sola scriptura versus prima scriptura. And, and the reason why I went into that is because this, the the disposition of the theological doctrine of sola scriptura has to do with scripture and scripture alone, that we only get illumination from the scripture, but we don't really ever get a fresh revelation. And that's why I subscribe more to the theological doctrinal position of prima scriptura, which means you can receive from God a revelation every day from maybe even different sources other than the scriptures. Although, here's the caveat, the scriptures are the prima or the prime or the first and only um, thing that we measure every other source that we would refer to or receive from God as a resource. 
So you can, like Primus Scriptura, you can receive actually from the Father through nature. You can look around, you can, you know, expand, you can, you can look at the expanse of a mountain range and or the beauty of, of the rainforest or or you look at your children and you say there must be a God. And then and then some mother someday says, Oh my God. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> when they look at their children. Anyway, just moving along. Yeah. But anyway, so we can receive revelation that God is speaking to his creation. He's speaking to the crowning of all of his creation, which is another speaking spirit that he created to have communion with on a regular basis. And that is every day. That's why we say the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And what is the bread of life? It, what is the bread? The, the, the um the bread of life is the children's bread, but there's a there's a um, the bar, the spoken word, that go, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So that it's a proceeding word. God is always speaking. Jesus even said that I only say what I hear the Father saying, or I'm only doing what I see the Father doing. So there is an ongoing revelation, and then I and I just deepen that, and I go into the revelation about um, in the book of in the Bible of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 8, where the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. So we have this really freaky, you know, visual of these these living four living creatures are flying around the throne room. They all have six wings, and they all have different faces of a man, of an ox, of a, I forget all the different faces, like, but you can go through it, read it in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And, uh, and they all have eyes all around and within. So they have eyes on their wings. They have eyes on their torso. They have eyes on their eyes. They have eyes on their hair. They have eyes everywhere because they're anointed to see something new. And they're looking through the, the, the glory cloud and the sounds of, of the thunder coming from the lightning that is proceeding from the throne and the voices and everything that is happening and all the distractions around the throne room, they're looking to see something new and they see something new all the time and that's which calls, causes them to cry out, holy, holy, holy. They're not programmed to say holy, holy, holy. They're actually seeing something that is causing a reaction to them, and they begin to respond, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, is, and is to come. And that causes all of heaven to begin to rejoice at what they saw, what was revealed to them, because God is always revealing something new all the time, and something I like to call now. What we are receiving many a times, it's a now word, not a new word. Um... So anyway, then I shared on according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, in the AMPC translation, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life that which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So here's the key, getting in an intimate and experiential relationship with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will begin to hear from the Father. So anyway, there's the recap. 
and I'm going to try to get through this. This is, like I said, the greatest revelation that I have ever received from the Father, and he gave it to me in 2016. Matter of fact, is the um, the year that I would turn 50. <laughs> anyway, what's that important? No, I just thought about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'm doing part four because a spiritual son of mine uh, texted me and he said, I really enjoyed episode four. And I wanted to go deeper into the revelation of Jesus being our Savior before he was my creator. So it's Matt O'Coin's fault for episode number six. <laughs> There's a little shout out to you, Matt O'Coin of Marquee Construction. And if you need construction for anything, they can build new to repair anything. They're building all kinds of stuff. Amazing people. I bless them today. Great people. But Matt, this is your fault. Here we go, episode number six. So Jesus is building his church on the truth that we can receive revelation from the Father. The greatest and the cornerstone of the revelations that we can receive is that Jesus is the Christ. Now, don't, don't shut me down just because that's something we've heard before. That we, we need to grasp something. I, I want you to add your faith to what I'm about to share with you. I want you to wake up right now and begin to hear the word of the Lord. We see in this in Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus is referred to as the Christ. Verse 16, uh, sorry, chapter 16, verses 17, 18, and 19. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this was not revealed to you, by flesh and blood, but this was revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. Now, I'm just going to break that down just a little bit. Simon, it says Simon, but it actually, in, in the right translation, it's Simeon. And Simeon actually means one who can hear. Bar Jonah, bar meaning son, Jonah meaning dove. So, blessed are you, the one who can hear that is a son of the dove. I, I want to tell you, that is you today. There's another Simeon that was waiting for the constellation. They're waiting for the revelation, waiting for the revealing of the Father and the revealing of the Christ. And he was in the temple waiting. And then he saw, he said, he finally saw. And many of you are like this Simeon that are waiting in your place. You, you're in the right place. You're at the right time. And you've been waiting for your moment. And I want to say, as you're hearing my voice today, you are a Simeon, one that can hear that is the son of the dove. You're the son of the Holy Spirit. And flesh and blood is not going to reveal things to you in this next season, but you shall receive the revealings of the Father for your life right from heaven. I want you to come up here and see and hear and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. And that's what God wants you to do because he wants to share things that will blow you away and blow your mind away and begin to crush every other ideology that is trying to stop you from receiving the fullness that God has for you. The enemy, uh, uh, the word for demon, and I shared this a couple episodes ago, means destiny distributor. 
It comes from the Greek word deo. And so the enemy is always trying to distribute to you a destiny that is contrary to the word of God, the dream of God, or the and or the purpose of God for your life. And, it, and they, the demons, will bring to you things that are familiar. He will use familiar spirits. He will he will use things that are according to hereditary curses and and according to frailties of your flesh or failures of your past. And he will design a package and try to deliver it to you through a word, through a messenger. And this is what we are coming against today. We're coming against these lies that are trying to stop you from fulfilling God's purpose. And we are going to fulfill God's purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. And so verse 18 says, and so once again, just say Simeon Bar-Jonah. Simeon means one who can hear, Bar is son, and Jonah is dove. One who can hear as a son of the Spirit. This is who you are. In verse 18 of Matthew chapter 16, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So here's the correct transliteration and translation of Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, uh, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Bind what I have already bound and loose what I have already loosed. This is the right, the correct transliteration, translation of that scripture. So what it means is to, to have victory here, you need to hear what the Spirit is saying, say what the Spirit is saying, and you will create with God something so profound that it will give you total victory in your life. And this is the key. So this is also witnessed in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And this is where Jesus is driven, it goes into the wilderness, and then he's led in the wilderness by the Spirit. And then when the enemy comes to him, and, he's, and he tempts him by saying, if you are the son of God, make these stones into bread. And then Jesus says, it is written. This is our response. We don't, we don't come against the enemy with any railing accusation. Even like it said about um, Michael, the archangel that was contending for the body of Moses one day. We don't, my grandfather told me, he said, the stupidity of some people that say, oh, we're going to give the, the enemy a real black eye today. You know, I'm not calling you stupid, but don't say stupid things like that. You, don't, you just say you respond with what God has already said. If you have to speak to the enemy, you speak God's word back to the enemy. And this is what Jesus says. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God is speaking a proceeding, prophetic, revelatory word all the time. And we have to open up our ears and be Simeon, the one who can hear, who is a son of the dove. We have to come to that revelation. 
Jesus is building his church on the ongoing revelatory communication that comes from our Father in heaven. Every day is is a case by case. Every day, everything changed. Everything changed overnight. There were there were seas that were ero- there were banks along rivers that eroded. There were seas that were changed. There were earthquakes that happened. There were there were all kinds of different things that happened. Like governments came down and new governments arose. Elections were had. All these different things happened overnight, and we're meeting a brand new day. So we need to be on a on a on to uh, on a a stage of understanding what the Spirit is saying on a need-to-know basis. We need to connect and recalibrate our thoughts every day so they will abide with the thoughts of God. And then we would have the suitable suit that we could put on. We would have the atmosphere that we're creating by the power of our words to create something. See, we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and if you didn't hear me say this terminology before, you, you need to go back and listen to one of the earlier podcasts where I took about where I talk about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. That on the inside of you, you have a wardrobe that I call the Lord Drobe. And you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ every day because every day there's a new toxicity out there in in your sphere of influence that you have to walk into and you must be breathing heaven so you do not become intoxicated with the toxin of the world and you begin to be the light of the world and and the salt of the world and you become tasty and brilliant and nobody can understand but you are just living a life in the spirit as one who can hear and as a son of the spirit. My God, go back over that. I don't have time. I don't even know if I can get through all this. Help us, Lord Jesus, Father God. Give us a spirit, a quickening spirit <laughs> this day in Jesus' mighty name. So here we go. The greatest revelation that I have ever received, this revelation starts off with a question of Jesus. Why Jesus? Not just why Jesus in an existential way, but why did God want to be known as Jesus, meaning Savior, more than any other name? Why Jesus? I've been asking this question, and I was asking this question for years, and um, at least a year and a half before he came to me that amazing day on January 16th, uh, 2016, at 5.15 in the morning. Actually, is that the right day? Let me make sure I go back up here. No, sorry, January 3rd, 2016, at 5.15 in the morning. Before that, I was asking God, why do, we, why do you want to be known as Jesus? Why do, we want, why do you want your name and the greatest name to be known as, describing to us as our God, as the name of Jesus. Why did you want to be known as Jesus? So I, anytime I got around a rabbi, anybody I got upon, uh, uh, somebody that knew and that was walking with the Lord for years, I'd ask him this question. I said, why? Why do you want to be known as Jesus more than any other name? And here's the premise of this thought, it, it, which is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11, which says, "There, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. 
When he says name that is above every other name, he really means name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, verse 10, Philippians chapter 2, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is amazing. Gee, why do you want to be known? Why have you given Jesus, you, why have you given yourself the name Jesus more than any other name to be described to our God. So also in scripture, we find in Matthew chapter one, verse 20 and 21, where the angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph and basically says this, an angel shows up, I believe it was Gabriel. He shows up and he, and he says in, in, in common day vernacular, it's okay. There's the angel speaking to to Joseph, he said, it's okay, it's a bit messy and slightly out of the norm, but everything is good and beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got to name this child Jesus. It actually reads here, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. There are a myriad of other places in the word where God makes references to the importance of the name of Jesus. So I'm asking why, why, why the name of Jesus? Why do so John, anyway, like John 4, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mark 16, 7, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, I, I spoke about this. Uh, in the last episode, and here we go again, and all the people who belong to the world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. I'm going to read in, in another translation. Revelation 13, 8 is a scripture that has interested me huh, for oh, over the years. And, and actually, before I, I read this again, I want to, I remember ministers speaking on this and they would ask like a quick, uh, you know, a trick question. Like when was Jesus slain uh, for the sins of the world? And they, and they would refer to the scripture and many would make dogmatic conclusions that Jesus was actually slain before the foundations of the world. Though I, though believing this, I could not find a scripture that says the same thing until I found it in first Peter one chapter 19 and 20, which says, but with the precious blood as of the lamb, unblemished and spotless, the, the blood of Christ, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for your sake. So once again, Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And then 1 Peter 1, verses 19 and 20, speaks of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who was foreknown 
before the foundations of the world. So these, these scriptures for, uh, have further motivated me towards asking the question, why does God want the greatest definition of his name to be Savior? I really do believe this question of why the name of Jesus was a divine setup, because the answers I am getting are far greater than I could ever imagined. The name of Jesus is a high tower. The, the righteous run in and they are safe. There's something so profound. Like I said earlier, we must continue to unpack this as Matt O'Coin asked us to do. And many of you probably are doing is, is, is if Jesus was, was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, that would make Jesus your savior before he was your creator. Okay, so if the lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth, like I just said, that would make him your savior before your creator. That is something that we just can't skim over again. I know you've heard me say it a, say it a few times. He went ahead of time. And I even hit it on in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He created pathways. He created, he, he put answers and solutions along your pathway that would be far greater than the problems that you would face any, any day that you would go be going about your days. Okay. God wants to be known as Jesus as the greatest description. God is known through his many names throughout history and throughout the, the Bible. The, mat the matter of the fact is there are over 364 different names that he is known by, like the uh, tetramonogram. Uh, tetra, I think that's right the way I said it. <laughs> it's Yudhevavheh, Y-H-V-H, or Yahweh, or Jehovah, or Jehovah or Jehovah Rapha, or the Rock, or the Creator, the Almighty One, the, the Omega, the beginning, the end, you know, he, he, the, the Father. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was puzzled why he didn't want to be known as Father more than any other name. Why did he want to be known as Savior? So like I said earlier, I've been asking this question for a while. Bam, January 3rd shows up, 2016, 5.15 and begins to give me the answer. And I'll try to keep this, and I'm gonna read it actually verbatim of, of how I wrote it down that day. So I get out my book where I record these things that God shares with me, and he start, starts off like this. I am revealing myself as savior again. I will be known as the emancipator again. I will be known as healer again. I will be known as rescuer again. I will be known as deliverer again. You have asked me why I want to be known as savior more than any other name. My answer is simple. It is one thing to make something, but it is more difficult to redeem something I already set in its way. For I created an eternal being, I created an everlasting being. I created a being just like me. So when I created something, someone like me, I created this being perfect. But when I redeem something, I will always make it better. 
my God. So Barry, how do I make something better than perfect? And he says, that's what a savior does. Can you hear that? So when I created someone like me, I created this being perfect. But when I redeem something, I always make it better. So Barry, how do I make something better than perfect? He said, that's what a savior does. It's one thing, he goes on to say, it is one thing to create perfection, but it's another thing to upgrade perfection. And that's what I've been doing for over 6,000 years. As a savior, I've been upgrading my creation to be critical thinkers. Don't be moved by what you see or feel or touch. Be moved by my dream for you and my original intent. I created another speaking spirit just like me, but when I recreated man, he became another another speaking spirit that could speak in accordance with me, but think and speak with individual authenticity. I wanted the upgrade to be a creative being just like me, but operate with originality, authenticity, and diversity while maintaining unity and harmony within the parameters of my dream, of the dream. Barry, never forget. Actually, he says Barry and, and put exclamation mark. Never forget, exclamation mark. Never forget, exclamation mark. Anything that I restore will always have greater potential. That everything, never forget, that everything I restore will have greater potential. Believe and speak this to my creation and watch my recreation come alive to its greater purposes. Barry. And, he put, and I put three exclamation marks. You must speak this way, for this is the hidden mysteries for my end time grand finale. I will show forth my greatness by my redemption and through my upgrades. Let them know that they as redeemed beings are greater, are, sorry, are better than perfect. He said, let them know that they, as redeemed beings are better than perfect. Let them know that they are better than the crowning glory of all of my creation. And I just said, what? And I put three exclamation, or I put three question marks, better than perfect. And then I put a question mark. He says, when you begin to speak these things, that's what God answered me with. He said, when you begin to speak these things, there will be a releasing of an, of an anointing that will lift off the burden of shame and condemnation. This revelation will loose the bondages of addictions and generational curses, sicknesses and disease. These works of the evil one will have no seedbed as my recreations come alive to who they truly are, the upgrade. Wow. And then he goes on to say, and that's why I want to be known as Savior. At this point, I felt his smile. This is me speaking back to him. The gravity of this revelation is similar to a caveman seeing an airplane fly, I say back to him. And this is what he said back to me. He said, Barry, that is a, your crude analogy. In other words, you're not grasping this yet, son. 
He goes on to say, but I understand what you're trying to say, but listen to me. It is far greater and don't belittle what I have just shared with you to just a physical analogy. This is too expensive and too wonderful. The difference and the magnitude of this revelation can only be compared when I was in the uncreated realm and then came all of my creation. Out of the uncreated me came the created Adam and descendants. Out of the out of my recreation, those born again, comes everlasting life, limitless potentials, and uncreated possibilities. And I'm like, wow, 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 exclamation mark. And I said back to the Lord, thank you so much. Give me the grace to handle and build and release this pinnacle of all revelations. For I truly believe that you have shown this to me this day. And he says to me, Barry, with three exclamation marks, you must three exclamation marks. You must three exclamation marks. Are you getting the point here? He says, you must build the case. You must build the case that anything I restore, I make it better. Everything rides on this revelation. Can you hear me today? This is why this is the greatest revelation Everything, this is the end time plans of God, that God wants us to understand who we have become. And he needs us to renew our minds. Third John says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. My God, we're at 33 minutes. I, I don't, I, I'm kind of tempted to keep going here because we're in a flow uh, let me just share just a little bit more, and maybe I'll I'll finish it off with episode seven, or I mean, um, um, part seven. Oh, Father God, help us! So God is needing to re- re- renew our minds. He says, "You must, you must, you must build the case. You must build the case that anything I restore, I make it better, and everything rides on this revelation." He says, "When I restore, I bring much, much more." Restore means to bring back or reestablish. Re means to do again or go back. Redeem means to purchase back under threat. He's our kinsman redeemer. And he showed up and he and he he will he he purchased back under threat. He said, You will, you will redeem, they will be redeemed. And if they're not redeemed, there shall be a huge price to pay, and he'll just kick anybody's butt. <laughs> Re-establish means to establish again or anew. Return something or someone to a form. Return means to to a former condition. Repair is to return it to its original condition. Recreate means to create again. And I go through Ephesians chapter two verse ten again. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us taking paths which we which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Reborn means to be born again. So here's the, here's the greatest reword that, that, that I came across. It says, when you are being recreated, 
and reborn in Christ Jesus, you're actually being reformed. And I love this word reform or reformed. And we've diluted it by, by you know, even the Reformation and, 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 and just bringing it to the, the healing of mankind. And when, it, when, when reform means something even greater than that, to reform something, and this is the definition of reform, it means to make changes in order to improve it. So when you reform something, and we have been reformed in Christ, we're, uh, here, let, me, let me read Hebrews action, chapter 9, verse 10. For they, the gifts, sacrifices, and ceremonies deal only with the clean and the unclean, food and drink, various rituals, washings, mere external regulations for the body imposed, uh, for the body imposed to help the worshipers until the time of reformation came. That is the time of the new order when Christ will establish the, the reality of what these things foreshadowed, a better covenant. So you are the upgrades. God is reforming you in Christ Jesus, which means to make changes in your life in order to improve it. You have been recreated, rebirthed, reborn, and reformed in Christ Jesus. You are a brand new creation. You are the elite status of the newborn. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 in the AMPC translation says, and formed us into a kingdom, a royal race, priest to his God and father. To him be glory and the power and the majesty and the dominion throughout the ages and forever and ever, amen, so be it. At your rebirth, everything changed and was upgraded. At your rebirth, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. At your rebirth, you have become a brand new creation. Old things have passed away and and behold, all things have become brand spanking new, according to Colossians. At your rebirth, you were translated from the kingdom and the authority of darkness and were translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. More sin, much more grace. More darkness, brighter light. When the thief is found, you can restore, he, he, you get to be restored more than what was stolen either four or seven times. I'm quickly going through these. These, these, these scriptures and these, these ideas are coming from the Father to transform your mind, to reform your mind. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 11, part B says, and do better for them at the beginning, then you shall know that I am the Lord. A conqueror becomes more than a conqueror. Come on, a conqueror in the new covenant, in your new birth, as you're being reformed, you have to understand that a conqueror, a mere conqueror becomes more than a conqueror. The new covenant, or also known as the much more excellent covenant, has much more excellent promises and far greater possibilities. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, says the glory that Moses had compared to the glory that we have is like the, his glory, which is Moses, was no glory at all. Why? Because Moses' glory 
was passing away. The glory that, that was on him because he spent the 40 days and 40 nights in the, in the mountain with God, he got mashak. The Old Testament word for the anointing is, to, is mashak, which means to rub on and smear into. He was in the presence of God, but that began to dissipate from his body where we hold the glory of God because of the, the permanent bloodshed of Jesus Christ, because of the, the ultimate shedding and sacrifice of the perfect lamb, Jesus Christ. We are now able to carry, be carriers of the glory and at any given moment able to effervesce the glory of God and bring judgment against the works of the evil one by the very glory of God pouring out of our lives. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 says, The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 61 7 says, Instead of your shame you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. I won't go through it all, but Job chapter 14, 10 through 17, it talks about how Job got twice back from what he had in the beginning. There was a, there was a restoration problem. He became reformed. He had more children. He had more. He had way more than he ever had. I want to say, I want to say to you that everything that you're going through is not defining you. It's who you're going to that defines you. The one that spoke your pathways and your life into existence and spoke even your recreation in Christ Jesus into, <clears throat> into being has prepared for you everything. And we need to know that the dark night of the soul, that's not the definition. It's what God has said. And we must believe and we must get revelation of this. Isaiah 54, 1 says, sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth in singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. What does that mean? When you sing in the midst of your trial and your tribulation, you'll like be like Paul and Silas and begin to set the atmosphere by having a revelation down deep in your soul that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 7 says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you in one way and flee before you in seven. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Every time the enemy comes in like a flood, a flood of accusation, a flood of fear, a flood of sickness, whatever the flood may be, it cannot take you out. Why? Because God will put the enemy to flight. God himself will come in like a rushing stream, which the very, with, with which is the very breath of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, that will drive out the enemy, that the very same river, river driven by the breath of God will take us up over and into our greatest, more victorious days. The very illegal flood designed by the enemy to take you out has actually opened up legal access for God to come in and more than make up for the evil of the day. Psalms 30.10 says, the Lord sat enthroned. I think that's actually Psalms chapter 29, 10. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits as king forevermore. Acts 14, 22b says, we must through the tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. We can enter in 
the kingdom of God through tribulations. Yes, every time the enemy comes in, we have been placed in the midst of chaos to grow up bigger than any and every circumstance, situation, sickness, disease, problem, pain, hereditary curse, bear, and bear, lion, mountain, or giant to bring forth order. Order is preceded by glory, knowing that every problem or every pain has a payday. And and knowing that every trial has a turning point, knowing that every cross has a crown. That the enemy, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 through 15, says he is stripped. God has stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their authority at the cross and march them naked through the streets. You are set free in every way from anyone's control. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. You have been set free for freedom's sake and the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. We cannot and must not fear darkness or the dark night of the soul. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love. You have been translated from the totalitarian dictatorship of an evil king and into the kingdom of light. My God, please go back over this. I've given you so much fodder. I've given you so much weaponry. I've given you so much uh, ability to, to fight for everything that God so so desires to pour so freely into your lives. But we have to have a shift in our mentality that we're not victims, that we're victors, that God created us and sent us into this realm with more resources than we could ever use in 10 lifetimes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Barry Miracle, and I'm signing off for now. And we may have to hit a little bit of this next week. Thank you for bearing with me. And, and I know it's a little longer than I wanted to be, but I had to get it out of, I had to release all this revelation at once. Once again, greatest revelation I've ever received. I release it to you that, that Jesus is your savior before he was even your creator, meaning that you are never in a place where you don't have an answer. Until next time, Barry Miracle, your dream coach. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say, you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.